I am very excited to share this message. I felt God give me just divine revelation as I was studying the Bible, which is a good book to study. And um, I was studying and I felt God really speak to me. It was quite unique. It's kind of a different kind of word. And so I was like, uh. And so um, I actually preached this message during our conference, Awaken Conference, but I was speaking in Salt Lake City. Um, and so I preached this message and Pastor Jurgen was there and he was so pumped and so excited he's like, Stacy, you have to preach this word again. He's like, here you are preaching in Salt Lake City, this revelation. And it was mirrored the revelation that Pastor Leanne had as she was speaking at the San Diego conference. He's like, you didn't talk to each other. God is speaking. And so I'm very excited to share this word. I think it's going to help us this morning. How many us come to church? We need a little bit of help. And I want to help us to reconcile what has happened in the last year and a half to then bring us forward to the things that God has for us. And God spoke to me through a line in a movie, a little movie called Twister. Anybody remember that? Somebody in the production booth reminded me that he was born that year. That was not encouraging for my preach today. I was like, you're meant to, like I'm meant to feel good about myself. But anyhow, um, Twister. And so um, I actually want to show the trailer of the movie Twister because for me, I felt like this was exactly what was in my mind when I was thinking about the last year and a half, like this shaking tornado of what just happened. And I believe that this trailer reveals it perfectly. So we're going to go back so that we can bring you forward. So don't worry, by the end of this message, it's going to get real good, okay? All right, so take a look at the clip from the movie Twister. There is a mystery, elusive, unpredictable, violent. It terrifies most scientists. But for a new breed, the challenge is saving lives. The research is deadly. The laboratory is nature itself. And potentially uh, could be a storm that has moments in their life of the last year and a half. I don't know if you caught it, but in the, the trailer, it said there's a new breed being born. 
And I felt God say that through adversity and the things that we have been through, a new breed of Christian is being born. There is a new church, a new Christian that be, is being born through what we have gone through, through our adversity. The title of my message today is called The Great Shaking. What was the purpose of the storm? What was, was it good? Was it evil? Like a lot of us have been left with what has just happened? And I began to think about when a disaster comes, when a storm comes, when a great shaking comes, and something like we've experienced this last year and a half has left our world changed. It's left our nation changed, our America has changed, our relationships have changed, our paradigms have changed. We have changed because there has been a great shaking that has happened, and it's happened on a world and a global level, but it's also happened to us individually. Like anything that could be shook was shaken. Am I right? The Bible says in Proverbs 7, 17 that brothers are born from adversity. There is a strength that comes from adversity. And I was reading in the book of Haggai, and this is how you know it was from Jesus, because first of all, it was in the book of Haggai. Um, but book of Haggai, chapter 2, 6 through 9, it says this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the desirables and the precious things of all the nations. And I will fill this house with glory and with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former than the former says the lord of hosts and in this place he's talking about the church in this place i shall give the ultimate peace and prosperity declares the lord of hosts that is the the scripture that i felt god give me and we're going to break it down just a little bit but notice in that message it says i will shake i will shake no, my point number one is this, find God in the shaking. A very logical question to ask going through what we've gone through is who is doing the shaking? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it me? Like what has happened? What, what is my responsibility in this? And I began to think about it and I thought, you know, it's very interesting that when it's the devil, it's kind of blatant. Like COVID in a lab, disease hits the earth, that's the devil, we are to rebuke it. Why do I know that so simply? Because disease does not come from God. God is good. He does not have disease in him to give. So it's blatant. It's like, you know what? That happened. We're going to rebuke it. We're going to tell the devil to leave. We're going to ask for healing. That doesn't come from God. But when the whole nation shakes, when the whole world begins to shake, and we're shaking too, we've got to ask ourselves the question, is this not just the devil's work? Like, God, where are you in this? This word says, I have shaken. God shook the world and the nation. When the whole earth shakes, we have to ask the question, who is doing the shaking? In uh, the Israelites experienced this in Numbers 21, 6 through 9. It says this, they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go to Edom, but the people grew impatient on their way. They spoke against God and against Moses. Kind of a bad day when you're speaking against the Savior of the world and also the covering and the leaders that he's put over you. That's what's happened here. 
And so it says, they spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? These are the Christians that were saved out of slavery. How their paradigm has changed. And it says, we have, uh, they spoke, uh, we have, you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. Um, You just said there's no bread and water. How did the food just get miserable? Oh, so you had food, but you didn't like it. I'm just keeping it real. This is, when I read my Bible, this is how I read it. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes, fiery burning snakes among them. Who sent it? Don't worry, it's going to get good after it gets a little interesting. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes, fiery burning snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we have sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole, and then when anyone was bitten by a snake... Um, and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So how very fascinating that when the world had gone awry, even the Christians. That God, they're complaining about not having things. They're complaining about the food that they do have. And you would think at that point, God would go, okay, well, how can I make life more comforting for you? Would you like a charcuterie board? Should I add some meats to it? Like, what else would you like? But no, the Lord sends fiery burning snakes. I don't know if anything's scarier. But God was getting the people to look back up to the heavens where hope actually comes from. And sometimes it's unusual. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense, and yet could it be God? We must discern the times because I believe this, that unusual times called for unusual answers and unusual responses. God brings good out of bad. That is who Jesus is. Romans 8.20, we know that God works all things together for good. So though God didn't place the evil, though God didn't place COVID into the world, he will turn it for good. God is up to something. Come on. Are you tracking with me? All right. So unusual circumstances call for unusual manners. And have we not found ourselves in unusual times? Like, I look out in the world, I'm like, it is out of control. What, what has happened? And just when I actually was preparing this message, I uh, was at this cute little, you know, bistro cafe, and I'm preparing the message, and I have to go to the restroom. And so I go to the restroom, and can you guys throw up the picture that I saw when I went there? Okay, well, that's the first one. Okay, this is the first one. I just, I'm standing at the restroom, and I'm like, it's blank. Like, is this a men's room or a women's bathroom? I have no idea what I'm about to walk into. I'm like, the world has gone mad. When you can't say, this is a men's room or this is a women's room, something's going on. And then I saw the next one. Like, whatever, an alien can come in. I don't know what you are. The world is very confused. But we as Christians should not be. It is not that complicated. Don't let the ungodly world and culture deceive the Christian who can make complex very simple. 
I want to know what room I'm walking into. Okay. Again, Moses, Israelites, experience this same thing. Get ready, people. Get ready for this verse. Exodus 32, 25 through 28. Now, when Moses saw that the people were out of control. Do you see it? Do you have my version? Yeah. Out of control. Okay. They experienced this. Now, when Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control. It's a fascinating scripture when leaders don't lead. I thank God we're in an opposite church. For Aaron that let them get out of control to the point of being an object of mockery amongst the enemies. Haven't we heard that? Other countries laughing. The mockery among the enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi, the priestly tribe, gathered together to him. He said to them, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, every man strap his sword on his thigh and go back and forth from the gate to gate through the camp. And every man kill his brother and every man his friend and every man his neighbor, all who continue pagan worship. So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed, and about 3,000 of the men of Israel were killed that day. Many of us have been distraught because neighbors have walked away from us. Friends have walked away. Families have been torn apart. These Christians experience that too. But there is a cause. There is, oh, there is for us that says those who continue pagan worship. So for those of us that have remained in our truth in God, in Christianity, there is a way for us to live through the adversity to produce a new type of Christian. When the Israelites worshiped the golden calf that they created, when they engaged in immorality and perversion, that's why it got so drastic. The demise of any civilization has been the breakdown of the nuclear family. It's when perversion runs rampant. That's when God steps in. That's when he has to shake some things up. Romans 8, 28. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those that love God and who are lived according to his plan and his purpose. When there is confusion and when there is a great shaking, we can't just blame it all on the devil. Some of us are finding God. I know it's a little heavy. Don't you worry. It's going to get good. Okay. Point number two. How I respond matters. When the great shaking happens, how we respond really matters. Corey Tan Boone said, worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a nuclear or a center of fear. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What is my human reaction and bent when we experience adversity? Do we faint in those times? Or do we find who we really are? I think I'm sitting in, I think I'm standing in a room of Christians that have found their strength, that have found their voice. And I love it. Candace Owens was with us, and she said this. She said, when fear comes, I have taught myself to think through it. I think through fear. 
How many of us, sometimes when everything begins to shake around us and we begin to shake too because we're real humans in a real world, do we just take the time to stop and to think and to pause and think through the fear of what is actually happening here? Where is God in this and what is my response? Not just what does the world think and what does the culture think because I'm telling you this. If we just leave ourselves open to whatever the world gives, it will give us something, and it's called confusion. It's called perversion. So we've got to fill ourselves with the right things. I even remember, um, you know, over a year ago or a little while ago, you know, when everything was happening and all, it was like one thing after another, and then racism kind of came to the forefront of the conversation. And I remember during that season of, you know, it it was like a a clamoring around the world. People being pressured to put a black square on social media. You got to stop and ask the question. Like, there's more to this than meets the eye. Like, how is the whole world getting on board with this? And I was asking myself the same question. And I asked myself, I did a self-assessment, am I a racist? And listen, it's not bad to self-assess. It's not bad to ask yourself the question. But I assessed and found that I was not. I'm like, no, never been one. I'm not one. I was, listen, I am a New York Italian Jewish. So I'm half Italian, half Jewish, raised at a Christian, as a Christian from New York, moved to South America, to Ecuador. So I have to learn an entirely new culture, an entirely new language. Si hablo espanol. You know, I had to learn that language. I didn't know one word of Spanish. And I remember during that season, oh my goodness, the Latins were like relentless with me. It was like they they would be like, just, just speak like whatever you learn, just speak it out. And so then I would finally get enough courage to do that, and then they would so make fun of me. You know what? Here's the truth, though. I didn't call them a racist. It's adversity. Adversity happens. We can get a little bit of thick skin and move right on through it. I don't think they're bad people. I think they're great people. I fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the nation. I learned all kinds of interesting things in the culture. I am telling you, there's so much more to learn from one another in all of our diverse cultures. Let us be united by what God gives us and not divided by what the world gives us. Please understand. And for those that, you know, are asking a question or like to misquote me afterwards, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. Of course it does. It's human nature. Evil exists. I'm just saying when the whole world is asking the question, we've got to look at more than meets the eye. And I remember in that season going to Pastor Jurgen because if you remember during that time, it was like, and even I, I was like, Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne, like, why are you not speaking out? Why are you not saying all the things? The people, lots of people were pressuring us. You need to say something. You need to do something. This is the church. And we are the church that speaks, are we not? We are the church that has been the forefront of everything. I'm like, why are we waiting? And I myself went to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I'm like, why are we waiting? I don't understand. And I'll never forget, Pastor Jurgen sat there. He looked at me with peace in his body. And he said, Stacy, I need to hear from God. What is God doing? What is God saying? 
He said, oh, we will speak, but I am waiting to hear from the Lord. I thank God for leaders and pastors that don't react to the culture of the times, but they find God, they find God, they hear his voice, and they lead us well, do they not? I thank God for leaders that hear the voice of God. Our response should be to look upwards to the heavens where our hope comes from. Psalm 121, 1-2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. How many people know the God that made you and I, the God that made the world, knows how to respond? He knows how to help us. Okay, point number three. We're doing okay? All right, good. Do not hold on to the wreckage or the debris. We saw in, in, in the trailer the wreckage, didn't we? We saw all of it happening and all of the, the debris. And I felt God say, we got to let go. After the dust settles, after the tornadoes have gone through, after the scientists haven't figured it out, after all the things that have happened, when all the dust settles, what are we holding on to and what are we letting go of? Do you know, I find it quite interesting uh, with gold that gold can be revealed when the impurities leave. How do you remove impurities to refine gold? And I looked this up and it says the key to removing impurities is to get, is to get them to separate from the gold. Most common way to remove the impurity is through fire. When you turn up the heat, when the adversity comes, could this be a way to actually have the impurity leave so that God can refine us like gold? This is what it says in 1 Peter 1.7. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, that is the testing, the genuineness of faith, of greater worth than Gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The impurities leave us to make room for God to reveal himself. I am telling you in this hour that stars shine the brightest in darkness. You and I are the light of heaven. We shine when the world looks so dark. Could this be God's plan? should bring peace and settling to our heart and our soul. Do you know that, I, I looked up diamonds too. So diamonds are forged, get this, more than 90 miles below the earth's surface, and volcanic activity carries them up. Pressure carries them to the surface. The volcanic rock is then broken off, the dirt is removed to reveal the diamond. What a picture. Sometimes, when the shaking happens, when the adversity comes, when the pressure hits, if we could simply make the choice and go, okay, God, show me my impurities. God, show me what, what is meant to leave and separate from me so that as you test me in this hour, God, I will show myself uh, the genuineness of who I am. My faith will be revealed so that your name, so that you, Savior of the world, can be revealed. I believe we can do that, and I believe our church and you sitting here right here today are living proof of this very verse that gold is refined in these hours. I can remember 
going through many seasons of my life, Tony, of adversity. And so some of you may look at me and, and like, oh, she just walks on rainbows and clouds and favor follows her everywhere, which it does now, thank you, Lord. But it's not because I haven't gone through stuff. And, um, you know, those that, that know me well would know that actually my most difficult times in life has produced what you see today. And I remember having to make decisions in my life that when the adversity came and the adversity hit and my heart hurt and all kinds of things happened to me, I remember thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Do I let the earth swallow me? Do I go under the covers and just never come out again? But the problem was I had too much of God in me. The problem was I knew too much. The problem was I read so much of who God is that I went, you know what, even though I don't get it and even though nothing makes sense to me right now, God, I choose, I choose you. I choose to believe in your goodness. I choose to believe that in this hour I could hear your voice. When I first moved to San Diego, oh my goodness, you guys would never, I could tell you the whole story, it is absolutely crazy. I graduated from university. I felt God speak to me and say, move to San Diego. I had never been to San Diego. I didn't know a single soul here. I had saved $1,000. So for a college student, living the life. I'm like, I can just do anything. I have $1,000 in the bank. I'm driving to San Diego. I'm pumped on life. I'm optimistic. And uh, so I, I moved here. In fact, um, we rented, I rented a U-Haul, which is hilarious, because I had like nothing to put in it. And I was like, well, you know, I'll need a bed when I get there. So I was like, well, I'll put my bed in there and a few things, and no joke, I don't know what kind of moving company this was. I didn't have an address to move to. When, like, so I told the driver, will you drive? It's gonna take you longer to get there than me. So I'll get there, I'll find a place to live, and then I'll give you the address so you can drop off my stuff. True story. Who does that? And he agreed. <laughs> so no joke, I met like three different girls um, in my college in the restaurant I was working with that decided to come as well. And we jumped in our cars and we drove all the way to San Diego without an address, with nothing, with no one. And um, my one friend knew one friend who lived in like El Cajon. And so that's where we arrived. And I was like, wow, this is all of San Diego. Like, what did I move to? Anyways, we have a church there. I mean, El Cajon's awesome, but it's not La Jolla. So I was like, um, and, and I had nowhere to live. And so we were in a motel in El Cajon on Mollison Avenue. I will never forget. And uh, I told the driver, to just come to the hotel. And then I'm like, oh, and so long story short, praying my little heart out to God. And um, he opens up this, this place to live in, in El Cajon on Mollison Avenue where uh, five guys were moving out of a two bedroom. It's disgusting. And, um, and they had to leave right away. And so they needed somebody to take over their lease. And I mean, I had a thousand dollars. So I'm like, okay, we can do this. This can happen. And so we took theirs. And so four girls moved into a two bedroom and we were able to give the address to the driver and he came and, and um, we moved in there. And I'm telling you that year, anything and everything that could go wrong went wrong, everything. 
Um, I was like, oh, I graduated university. Clearly, um, the career world will open up to me. Hello, I have a degree. And then I couldn't find a job and I was working at like any place so that I could survive. Literally did not have enough food to eat. And I remember <laughs> um, going to churches to try to find a church and I couldn't find one that believed in, in the gifts of the spirit and actually you know, acted in them. And so I was going from church to church, but during that time I was kind of happy that I was going to church to church because I would find out if they had like, you know, um, like a new friend's lunch or like a, like a DNA course that serves some food. Glory, I don't judge anyone that goes there to get a meal because I had to do that when I first moved here and that was the meal that I could eat. But I didn't leave because I had a word from God and that adversity built who I was today and who I am today. That kind of adversity that could take people out and turn their back and leave build the person that I am today. I'm telling you, adversity will build us if we will turn to the heavens and find where our hope comes from. And it was uncomfortable and I had to let go of the wreckage and I had to let go of everything was comfortable to hear God. My last point is this, point number four. I say all of those things to say this. This is what God spoke to me about. He spoke to me about how when the earth shakes, we cannot also forget that the heavens shake too. In Haggai, so my last point, point number four is receive heaven. It says, Haggai in 2, 6 through 9, we read it. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. So did you hear that? I will shake the heavens and the earth. We get so caught up on earth that we don't realize something's going on in heaven. God is trying to bring heaven to earth. The Bible says that, that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven's trying to come. We cannot just get consumed on what's happening on earth. And I will shake all the nations. They will come with the desirable and the precious of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory and splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. He's not just talking about silver and gold like rings and jewelry. He's talking about us who have been refined by fire. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house is gonna be better than the former. When you go through some adversity, it's not to take us out. It's so that the latter will be better than the former, so that our days ahead will be more glorious than the days that we've just experienced. When God is trying to wipe confusion from the earth to help us, greater days are ahead of us. So when the earth shakes, so do the heavens. And this is crazy. This is what I found in scripture. Matthew 27, 50 through 53. Do you know a time in scripture when, when the whole earth shook? Let me read it. It's when Jesus was on the cross. It says Matthew 27, 50, 50 through 53. And Jesus cried out again with a loud, agonized voice and gave up his spirit, spirit voluntarily, sovereignly, dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's plan. And at once, the veil of the holy of holies of the temple was torn from top to bottom. The earth, do you see it? The earth shook 
and the rocks were split apart. The tombs were open and many bodies of the saints, God's people who had fallen asleep in death were raised to life and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. They entered the holy city, Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Okay, wow. I read this and I'm like, okay, when Jesus was on the cross and the whole earth shook, he went and he, he reconciled eternity for us. He took care of the devil. And we all know the story that he rose again. He resurrected, resurrected. But how fascinating that when that happened, when the whole earth shook, the tombs were open. And it says the body of the saints, they came out. Like, what would have that been like? And why did that happen? Because heaven came. When the earth shook, heaven came. Miracles, resurrection life, walking on the earth, walking among them where were people that were dead that were now made alive. When heaven, when, when the earth shakes, when the world shakes, when we shake, and we actually do, we listen to God. We hear Him, we do what He says. It's to make room so that the miraculous, so that heaven can come to our world and to our life. When the earth quaked and shook, heaven was coming. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was torn in two. It says this in Hebrews 10, 19, I'm wrapping up. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. I found this very fascinating. So when Jesus died, we have maybe have heard that the temple, the curtain tore in two, and so now not just the priests could go into the temple, into the house of God, into the church, but people could too. That's beautiful. But what God was saying was that he was the curtain torn in two. That heaven comes through Jesus. That his body was literally torn in two so that heaven could come through him. So not only can we enter the doors of this building, but we can enter into heaven on earth. How many people knew, know a new breed of Christian is being born when that happens? Let's all stand to our feet. I am telling you, there is a new breed of Christian walking the earth. Some Christians that have been through some stuff come out the other side and now know who we are through Jesus. We are going to let heaven come this morning. The veil was torn in two so that heaven could come to us. How much time do I have? Because that says something different than this. <clears throat> okay. When I was in New Zealand, just keep standing. The presence of God is here. Many of you have heard the story of the glowworm caves. If you haven't, just catch that message. Um, I experienced all kinds of crazy things when I go to New Zealand. And I went back um, a few years ago to New Zealand. And I remember I arrived one night and it was late and I was there with a friend and one of her friends was picking us up and I didn't know that person. And she came and she picked us up and she said, hey, um, are you open to a little adventure? And I'm like, <laughs> I've done the New Zealand adventure. I don't know if I'm open to a new New Zealand adventure. And she's like, listen, I got a little beach house. I want to bring you there. And if you're open, I've, I've got an adventure tonight. And I'm like, oh, against all odds, against what I've been through in my life. 
I will go on this adventure. And so we arrive and we get to this cute little beach house in Coromandel Bay, New Zealand. And it's about 10.30 at night. And she says, okay, here's a wetsuit, a shovel, and a flashlight. And I'm like, oh, I knew it! I knew it! I'm gonna be digging my own grave tonight! Because sometimes when we've gotten so used to adversity, that's all we can see in front of us. And I was preparing myself for the worst. And we walk out, pitch black darkness. I hear the ocean. We are walking on the sand. And she says, start digging. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I did not sign up for this. So three girls dig in the sand. And we're digging, and we're digging. And finally we dig about enough space for the three of us. And I'm like, I knew it. My days are over. She said, lay down in the sand. I kid you not. I lay down, we lay down in the sand, and all of a sudden, I didn't know it, but there's a couple of miracles on earth. And this is one of them. It's kind of a, a wonder. It only happens in a few places in all the land, in all the world. But all of a sudden, up through the sand, from the depths of the earth, come hot, boiling water. And we needed to wear our wetsuit because the water was not cold. It was so hot. And the whole little area that we had dug began to fill with water, our very own natural jacuzzi. And we are laying there and there's hot water and we're in the sand and I lie there and I look up to the heavens. And can you show that picture? Heaven came. And I remember just laying there thinking, I thought the worst. I thought it was gonna be bad again. But heaven, the stars in the sky like I've never seen before, the miraculous. How did I get here, God? Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for the things that I have gone through. Thank you that I'm lying here on a perfect night in the New Zealand with the skies above me and the hot water beneath me. And I just began to get so grateful that heaven came. I want us to lift our hands right now. And I want you to make your way forward because I'm going to pray for us. And the first group of people that I want to come forward is those of you that would say, you know what, I haven't really let heaven come. I don't know Jesus like you're talking about. I don't know how to hear his voice. I, don't, I haven't walked totally with him. I haven't in fact believed that he's fully good because bad things happen to me. And can I tell you, I just spoke this to a woman in Salt Lake City. I'm like, you know what? Bad things have happened to me too. And I don't understand all of them. I don't understand. And maybe this side of eternity, I never will. But I know this, that my God and my Savior is good. I have a belief in the hope of my Savior that even though I've gone through the adversity, he is good. And so I want you to make your way out of your seat and I want you to come forward. And I want to pray with you to receive of Jesus, to let goodness fill your life with Him. <clears throat> Just come forward. I know there's those of us in this room that if we were honest with ourselves, haven't fully received of Jesus. And <clears throat> I'm not going to do anything funny. I'm just going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for heaven to come. So if that's you, just step outside of your seat. And if you've done this once, or maybe you did this a whole long time ago, or you've done it a bunch of times, but you've realized, wow, I need to let the fullness of Jesus come to me. I just want you to make your way forward. And I'm going to do another altar call so you won't be here alone. Don't worry. You can just make your way out of your seat. And then I want to also 
have those of you that today, like me, you've experienced some adversity, you're gonna let some stuff go, but today you wanna let heaven come. I'm gonna pray that heaven comes. And I don't know what heaven looks like for you. I don't know if it's healing in your body. I don't know if it's a miracle you've been believing for. I don't know if it's generations that need breakthrough in your family. I don't know what heaven looks like for you, but I'm telling you, heaven is here. So I want you to make your way out of your seat. There should be a bunch of us and just come forward. We're gonna receive heaven together. Yes, you can do this in your seat, but there's something about coming out to an altar and letting the old go and letting the new come. We're going to receive heaven in this place. If you're here and you speak in your prayer language, a language not known to you, but known between you and God, just begin to pray in your prayer language. Begin to pray. Begin to raise your hands to the heavens. We're going to ask heaven to come right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to ask heaven to come. In fact, heaven's already here because the Bible says where two or more are gathered, He is in our midst. God is present. He's present to heal. He's present to bring the miraculous. He's present to restore relationships. And some of you, even in my message, you got hung up on that part of letting neighbors go and letting friends go and letting brothers. Listen, it's to make room for heaven to come. And it doesn't mean we forget about them. We just ask heaven to come to them. And at the right point in time, when they come back and they receive of God, we welcome them with open arms. Some of you are believing for people in your family to be saved. Now would be a good time. Let's pray that heaven comes. Let's pray that heaven comes. So whatever it is you are believing for right now, I'm gonna add my faith to yours. And we believe in the same good God. And I believe that many miracles and many testimonies will come from today because God is meeting us in this place. And some of you have been weary from the adversity. You have been weary from the battle. And today, God is going to refresh your soul. He wanted you here today simply to tell you that your best days are ahead of you and not behind you. That the adversity was for something. That the adversity was to produce in us a faith like we could never believe. That that adversity has brought in us heaven to earth. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven in this place. That and I, God, oh God, Lord, I thank you right now that we are in a special moment. Lord, we release heaven. We release heaven. The veil was torn into you, were torn into to receive you. So we receive you this morning. We receive you, Jesus. We thank you right now, oh God, for reconciled relationships, for healing in our bodies. We thank you, God, where there has been lack, there will now be prosperity. We thank you that broken relationships will be restored. We thank you, oh God, for who you are. We receive you, Jesus. Wherever you are, there is freedom. There is life and life in abundance. Lord, we receive you this morning. We receive of you. I just see God ministering to people. I see broken hearts being mended and healed. You went through a rough relationship. You're on the brink of divorce. I'm telling you, God is the God of comebacks. He is the God that can restore any and all things. You might think it's too far gone. Too far gone for who? God is a God of miracles. Lord, I release right now miracles in this place. Miracles, signs and wonders follow believers. We have found ourselves as Christian believers in this house. So we receive of you this morning. Oh, rather than I receive heaven.
receive heaven. We receive heaven. We receive you, Jesus. We thank you, O Lord. We praise you, Lord, what you are doing in us and what you are doing through us, O God. We bind and we break the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We say to you, you evil spirits of torment and fear to leave in the name of Jesus. That which you meant for evil, we thank you, God, that you are good. We praise you, God, that in you is goodness and greatness. And goodness comes to each and every one of us this morning. Today, we receive of you. We receive of heaven. In your most mighty, magnificent name, we pray. Can I hear a big cheer and clap to heaven where our hope comes from?